Well, there is a sweet, sweet spirit in this place today, isn't there? Wow. Hey, it is good to see all of you and all of you that are watching online. Can I just pause before I get into the message today and just um, pray for us? Father, there are times that it appears that we need you more than others. The truth is, the reality is, we need you. We need you all of the time. But Father, we face these days of uncertainty, and then there are so many things going on in people's lives around us that oftentimes is overwhelming. So I pray that your spirit that is in this place today that we feel so sweetly here that comes to us and meets us where we are, that your spirit would affirm us today, comfort us today, encourage us today, and remind us today that we are not in any of this alone, that you are with us, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Hey, you love the Lord? You know that he's with you every day, every moment, right? Um, Well, you know, we were passing out all kind of greetings today for birthdays. I didn't even know it, man. Just feel free just to yell out whatever you want to yell out. uh, But you know what we didn't do is uh, there's a couple here today, and uh, she deserves uh, a lot of praise and uh, honor because she has been with this guy named Dick Ferguson for 62 years today. Would you give it up for them? Wow. And um, I know there's been more than at least once or twice that she wanted to kill him, right? That's just, uh, that's just relationship. Well, uh, we're so thankful that all of you are here with us watching online. Uh, we're gathered in this place, but you're, you're in our hearts today, and we, we're praying for you uh, that the same sweet spirit of the Lord that is in this place would be felt in your home today, wherever you're watching. You know, just remind us every week why we're here. We're not coming to be entertained. We're not coming to um, just watch somebody or even really just to see each other, although after the few months we've been through, we realize the value of each other, right, seeing each other, but... We are reminded each week as we come that this church, we are here to uh, equip and encourage people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We're not interested in you just coming and just sitting and taking it in and just like uh, hoping, you know, one day you get to see Jesus. That's not what your life is about, and it's not what a fully devoted follower of Christ is about. And so we have been in this series um, in Philippians that uh, talks about... Um, this idea that we um, are um, in this thing about more than just happiness, we're in this thing about joy, that our lives are to be more than just happiness because happiness is an emotion. So that when there are moments, when there are days that emotions aren't there or we have a bad day or we have a bad struggle, then it seems like happiness goes away, but joy is something so much more. And so what we're gonna find out in this today is that Paul has so much more for us in this idea of Philippians that we can have more than happiness in our life. And again, um, 
this stuff is easy to understand. So I'm gonna talk today, we're gonna talk about some habits that we put into our lives daily to sustain happiness because there are things that we do in our lives sometimes every day that pull happiness or rob happiness from us. So Paul's gonna teach us today, and this is stuff that we'll hear it and we'll go like, yes, I get that, I understand it. It becomes much more difficult to do it, to put it into practice. And so we're gonna talk today about how do we do that? How do we make this more applicable every day of our lives? So um, you can do these. What we're gonna talk about today, you can do these three things that we're gonna hit. There's actually five of them, but I'm gonna hit uh, three of these today, these habits that you do every day. And then next week, we're gonna come back and Pastor Shane's gonna lead us through the, the last two. Oh, it's gonna be exciting. You remember how he does those children's messages and, and he does such an awesome job? Wait till he does a grown-up message. It's gonna be fantastic. So he's gonna, he's gonna walk us through these last two next week. But I'm gonna hit three of them today and uh, we're gonna cover these habits. And so let me just give you the first one here today. The first one is daily, I have to learn to relax in God's grace. Some of you, the thing you need to do most in your relationship with God is to like take a breath, blow it out and relax in God's grace. Because if you have asked Christ, listen to me, if you have asked Christ to come into your life and he has forgiven you of your sins, you need to stop and you need to relax and you need to quit trying to earn this thing because you, sometimes people try to earn God's love. Like, like if I do more things for him, if I behave better, um, you know, I don't yell at somebody, my wife or the kids or the dog, then God's gonna like love me more. And here's what I just wanna tell you today. In fact, I wanna tell you this today, even if you're not a Christian, God loves you. There's not anything you can do this week that will make God look down on you and go, oh, you know what? I love them so much more this week than I did last week. No, 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 no. God is love. Bible doesn't say God has love for us. It says he is love. It is his characteristic. God just loves you. And there will be nothing you can do this week that will make God love you more and some of you, the thing you need to do to grow in your relationship with God and grow in your happiness is to relax and know that God just loves you like you are. But I'm glad, now I'm glad that God loves me enough to not leave me like I am, right? Because I'm telling you, God found me when I was a rebellious teenager and I was headed fast in an ugly direction. And he, he forgave me in a minute, came into a relationship with me in a moment. He loved me, put his arms around me, pulled me in, said, you are special to me. But I'm thankful God didn't leave me like I was. He kept working on me down through the years. He, he loves you without condition. He will never love you more than what he loves you now. And then the other thing I need to tell you is, he's not ever gonna love you less. <laughs> you go out this week, you can do all kind of ugly stuff, say things, hurt people, do whatever. You can come back into this place next week or watch online. And God will not love you less next week because of the things that you have done. He just loves you. And sometimes we get caught up in religion and God's not interested in religion. God is interested in relationship. And so here's what I wanna show you here is the difference between the two. Religion is what you do for God. 
So you had this list. I mean, that's what the Pharisees were all about, right? They had like this list of things they had to do. In fact, I think it was like 614. Aren't you glad we don't have 614 pages of things you have to do to be a member of Goodness? Whoo, I'm just worn out thinking about it. Religion was all the things you could do for God. You check off this list, but no, no, no. Look what relationship is. Relationship is what God has already done for you. Jesus did not come to give you religion. Jesus came to give you relationship. The Bible is not about what you do for God. Watch this. From the beginning to the end, the Bible is about what God did for you. It's about this relationship. You, you will lose your happiness when you forget this, this idea that God is interested in relationship with you, not religion. And so let's look at this verse that Paul gives us in chapter three of Philippians, where we're gonna be today. And he says, we Christians glory in what Christ Jesus has done for us. In other words, that's past tense. He's already done it. We glory in that, and we realize that we are helpless to save ourselves, that on the cross that Jesus himself, when he said it is finished, he was not talking about his life is now over. He was saying the, it is finished, that, that the relationship God desires is no longer religion. It is now finished, it is over, and we have this wonderful relationship with him. And then he goes on to say this, be careful to avoid Satan's traps. He, he, he talks about this idea that there are these traps. And so Timothy, uh, in 1 Timothy, Paul is saying, we gotta be careful, Timothy. Tell the people, be careful that there are traps, there are snares that Satan will use to try to defeat you, discourage you, bring you down, rob you of happiness. And there are several traps, and I, I don't have time to get all, into all of them, but there are several traps that Satan uses to defeat Christians and rob them of joy and rob them of happiness. And one of the traps, and I, I wish I had time to get into this in more depth, but here's one of the traps that he uses. It's the trap of legalism. Legalism is the attitude that I have to prove my love for God. Legalism is the idea that there's this checklist of things that I have to do, and, and the more I do them, the more I please God. Legalism is trusting in what I do rather than what Christ has done. Legalism is thinking that I have certain rules and certain regulations that I have to follow, and if I just, like, like if I just keep the Ten Commandments, then God's gonna love me. Come on. Most of us in this room can't even name the Ten Commandments right now, right? And a lot of you have already blown several of them this week. This is why, this is why God said, you can't do it on your own. We need something called grace. So Paul tells us, grace has been given through Jesus Christ our Lord. <sighs> Take a breath and relax in God's grace. God has saved us not legalism, praise be to God. And he goes on to say um, in Philippians chapter three, I was a member of the Pharisees. So this is Paul. He's saying, hey, I was a member of the Pharisees who demanded the strictest obedience to the law. 
So the Pharisees, they're the ones that would condemn Jesus. They're the ones that would say, look at all these things you didn't do. You did this on Sunday. You did this. You shouldn't have done that. You went here. You were with that person. You shouldn't have done that. The law says, and they knew what page of the law to go to and what number it was. They demand the strictest obedience to the law. I was so zealous. In other words, I was like this super pumped up Pharisee that wanted to make sure everybody obeyed every detail of the law that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. Paul said like I was a professional legalist. I did all, I crossed every T, dotted every I. And you know, when you think about a legalist, here is a telltale sign that someone is a legalist. They become very judgmental. They will look down on others. They will say, well, you're not doing this and this, and this is what scripture, and, and they love to say, this is what scripture says. And, and, they'll, and they'll, they'll go through all this. They're harsh on other people. They're critical on others. And here's what I've discovered. They're often critical and harsh on those that they love the most. And some of you grew up in a legalistic home and you had a mom or a dad, maybe even a pastor that was very legalistic and it was like you could never measure up. Now, when people were looking down on you, let me, let me just ask you a question. How did that make you feel? Did it like draw you to their hearts? No, no, you kind of wanted to push away. And do you see why God doesn't want us to dwell on legalism? He is not wanting to push us away. He wants relationships so that he can draw us close to himself. Well, how do you know if you're living by grace? You're gracious to other people. You're loving, you're forgiving, you're kind, you're not demanding. You, you say, God forgives me and I'm gonna forgive you. You give grace. Legalism will Legalism will suck your life dry of happiness and God is wanting us to relax in his grace and live in his love. And so Paul went on to say, I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ for God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. In, in, in other words, you, you don't earn God's approval by performance, by, by doing certain things. It's what he has already done. Legalism stresses us out. Grace relaxes us. And so Paul says every day, every day, Come on, some of you beat yourself up every morning because you didn't measure up the day before or the week before. And Paul says every day, the first thing in the morning, relax and know that you are saved by grace. It has nothing to do with anything that you have done. Somebody say amen. amen. The second thing Paul says every day, remember the things that matter the most. Paul said, so many things will come at you, demand things from you. He says, you have to give your attention, focus on the things that matter most. So when I get up, I need to remind myself what counts in my day and what doesn't count. 
I don't know if we have any like list writers, like you do a to-do list for your day. I don't know if any, you know, some of you do. I, I, I do, I have, I have like one for my week, but I have one for my day. And so when I'm making that, I try to do it early in the morning and I'm reflecting on God's grace. And, I'm, and, and one of the things that comes to me is there's a zillion things that I could do and give my attention to, but what I have to do is I have to focus on what matters most for me that day to accomplish what I feel God wants me to do. And in our lives, we have to focus on the things that matter because there will be so many things that will try to rob us. Why is this so important? Um, ever, ever notice uh, how we tend to lose joy over small, insignificant things that happen in our day? Like, you know, like, like you're, at the, you're, you're driving down the road and you're at a stoplight and then somebody turns and they didn't put their blinker on and there are some of you, come on, I just hit a button. There are some of you that just ticks you off, right? You're like, I can't believe that they didn't use a blinker. <laughs> and you think you have given that person or that thing uh, and a part of your life, an emotion of your life that has now dictated how you're gonna feel. Um, or come on, I know we got some of them in here that you're in the 10 items or less line and there's somebody in front of you with 11 items and you've counted them, right? <laughs> and it makes you mad. Righteous indignation, I'll just say that, righteous indignation. See, come on, isn't it true? It's the little things that don't really matter at all that tend to upset us. So Paul says, if you wanna be happy, he says, you can focus on all the things that don't matter and let that rob you of joy and let that rob you of happiness. Or you can remember what matters the most. Look what he says here in verse seven. I once thought these things were valuable. What things? all the things of the law, all 614 pages. I once, he said, thought those were so valuable, but now I realize they are worthless because of what Christ has done. All those things that I once thought so important, I now consider them, Paul uses the, the phrase, um, rubbish. They're just, they're just worthless. So how do you know, how do you know if you've really been saved by grace. How do you know if Christ has come into your life, changed your life, and you realize you are living by grace? Well, here's, well, here's one thing that, that is a telltale sign. Your values in your life, your values will change. The things that once were important are not as important anymore. Your values change because you can't have someone as big as God come into your life and do what God does and have it not change you. All of those things that I used to think were important, I don't care about them anymore. When I gave my life to Christ at age eight, I was, uh, I was sanctified at age, uh, well, at age 17. And I mean, I was just really, I just gave God my whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. I just let him have it all. And I remember once that night happened, I had two close friends and both of those friends had total different reactions to what happened. One was super excited for me, uh, prayed for me, encouraged me, became a mentor to me, is still one of my closest friends today. 
the other friend, it was like he was trying to pull me backwards to where he was. You know what I'm saying? He was uncomfortable on, with this new me and he was trying to pull me back and uh, he'd invite me like to parties, you know, go, go drinking, experiment with things. And I just, I just remember, I just refused. And um, he made this statement one time. Well, you just, you just don't, you just don't know how to have fun anymore. <laughs> and that really bothered me for, for a moment. He was like, you can't do, you can't do anymore. He called me a good boy. He said, you're a good boy now. You can't really do what you, oh, somebody stay with me on this. You can't really do what you wanna do anymore. <laughs> and I thought about that. And one day I'm thinking about this and I realized it wasn't that I no longer could do the things that I wanted to do. I realized when I gave God my heart, he changed my want to. <laughs> he gave me different desires inside. I, I didn't have an appeal for that. He, he changed my want to. I, I, I no longer had, this next slide, I no longer had a desire because he changed my desires. He changed my want to. I, I just didn't desire those things anymore. It was like, I, I, I was like appalled by them almost. God changed my desires. My desire was now, I wanted to please God with my life. My desire was now, I wanted my life to have meaning for him. My desire was now, I wanna make my parents proud of me. My desire was, I wanna live a holy life. My desire is I want my family to be proud of me. My desire now is I want my church to be proud of me. I want you to be proud of me. Listen, when I came to God and I gave him my whole life, he changed my desires. And Paul says we have to remember daily the things that are important and the things that are not. My dad used to say, um, and he didn't say a whole lot of things, but when he said something, it meant something to me because I remember. And he said, he said, son, be careful every day with your choices. Your, your choices today, he would say, will determine what your life's gonna look like five or 10 years down the road. He said, so you think it doesn't matter right now, but your choices that you make today are gonna affect where you are down the road, be careful. Remember the old little song, oh, be careful little feet where you go. Oh, be careful little hands what you do, eyes what you see. Oh, be careful little mouth what you say. He would say to me, and he would do it in a way that got my attention, but he would say, do you really wanna, like he would try to use logic with a teenager. You know, that was kind of hard. And he'd say, do you really wanna, wanna go with those guys and do you really wanna get drunk and lose your ability to make wise choices because your brain your is, is under an influence and then maybe you get in a car and maybe you lose control and maybe you hit somebody and kill them and your life will be affected forever. He said, do you really wanna experiment with a drug that can addict you to the place that you will do anything you have to? Lie, cheat, steal, do whatever it takes to get that. Do you really want do you really wanna hurt those you love most by doing those things? He said, do you really wanna date like any girl? Yes, I do, dad. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was a teenager, all right? Um, 
He'd say, do you want to date a girl that doesn't have strong morals, that doesn't love the Lord, someone who's fast and loose and do anything with any guy when God has someone so much more wonderful for you than you can even imagine right now? My dad's words were haunting to me in my formidable years and still are even today. And God used that to take away unhealthy desires in my life and help me focus on the things that mattered most because he changed my want to. And the reason some of you, oh, come on. um, This is in love. The reason some of you struggle so much and are living in unhappiness is because you have a partially surrendered life to God. You hold on to your want to. You're gripping that sucker tightly, right? And every day it strangles a little bit more of happiness from your life. And here's the trap in this one that Paul talks about. The trap can be culture. Culture can often snare us. Culture makes us go after every thrill, every uh, desire, whatever it is that that we think is something we have to have, makes it look like it's the most important thing to make us happy. But if you've ever fallen for this lie and this trap, you know that once you get it, you know that it doesn't. It's a lie. It will often snare you and trap you until your life is a complete Mess, And I'm preaching way better today than you're listening to or responding to. I, I was president for a period of time of a drug and rehab center. And I'm telling you, I saw some things that um, most of you never want to see or experience. And I would watch how culture and things that they sought to go after had ruined their lives and ensnared them. And though they had a desire to get out, it was so hard for them to, and most couldn't. So you have to ask yourself this question every day on, I know this sounds crazy, but on every decision you make, you need to have in your mind this question. How is this going to affect my life five years from now? How will this choice How will this choice dictate to what my life looks like 10 years down the road, 50 years down the road, 62 years down the road? He made a good choice, didn't he? How much am I worrying about today that really won't matter tomorrow? How much of my life gets sucked in and pulled down because I give my attention to worry and I give into those things and it defeats and discourages me? How much of what am I investing in today while I... I have my kids around me. How much am I investing in today that will matter uh, to my kids down the road? Am I making the right choices? Am I giving myself to the things that matter most? You have to live every day with eternity in mind. And not just your eternity. You have to live every day with your kids' eternity in mind as well. Because every choice you make is not just affecting your life, it's affecting their life too. Paul said here in verse eight, or excuse me, in uh, 25, he said, yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the priceless gain 
of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I may have Christ and become one with him. He said, that's the most important thing. Everything, it's, it's knowing Christ, it's being what he wants. Everything else, he said, doesn't matter. I have discarded it. Paul is saying all that other stuff I used to worry about, all that other stuff I used to fret over, it's all garbage, he said. Now I simply want to know Christ. I remember every day the things that matter most. And let me give you this last one. Paul says, every day I get to know Jesus a little bit better. Every day. You should start your day by saying, Lord, if I don't do anything else today, let me get to know you a little bit better today. Lord, if nothing else happens today, let me look a little bit more like Jesus today than I, do, than I did yesterday. Because we were made to live in relationship with God, not religion. And you'll never remain um, in a state of happiness um, unless you're getting to know the one who created you and made you a little bit better every day. Joy is formed in intimacy. So Paul said in Philippians three, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I, I wanna know Christ. Now listen, there, there, is, there is a difference in there is a difference between knowing about someone and knowing someone, right? I mean, like I know, I was thinking, I know about President Trump, but I don't know him. Come on, anybody know what I'm saying? I know about Billy Graham. I've actually been to his house, not inside, I was stalking him. I uh, haven't, haven't been inside. I know about Billy Graham. I've got books in my office tell me all about him. I, I have admired him. I have great respect for him. I know him. I, I know about him, but I do not know him personally. There is a big difference in knowing about someone and knowing them. See, like, there, there's a difference uh, because I don't know these, but these men that I mentioned, but I know my wife. And I know my kids and I know my grandkids because I spend time with them. I, I have a relationship with them. Every day I learn more and more about them. Almost every day we are either FaceTiming or getting text messages or getting phone calls from them. And the more we do that, the more we know about them, the more close we get, the more intimate it is. Paul says, I know Christ. And the reason I know Christ is I spend a, a great amount of time with him. I, I know Christ. Look at the Amplified Version. Here's what it says. For my determined purpose, my determined purpose, my intentional purpose is that I would know Christ. That I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him perceiving and recognizing and understanding him more strongly and more clearly. And I love that phrase, my determined purpose. Listen, you don't, you don't get to know Christ intimately by accident. It is a determination in your mind and in your 
heart. It's a determined purpose. You have to invest your time in it. And so with this one, what's the trap? Look at this. It's busyness. And I'm going to speak into several of your lives, not all of you, but into several of your lives because the truth is the definition of your life is your life is just too busy. It's too busy for an intimate relationship with Christ. Busyness destroys, come on, let's get beyond Christ. Busyness destroys relationship with your children. Busyness destroys relationship with your spouse, with your friends. And it destroys your relationship with God. If you wanna do this, what we're talking about, right? If you wanna do these habits today, listen, there is not one person in this room that can't do these. It is a determination in your mind that you will overcome these traps and that you will make a decision in your life. You can do this. There's not, there's not a one of us in this place that, that your life cannot set aside 10 minutes every day. God, I just wanna get close to you today. I wanna get intimate with you. I'm living God in a world that is so crazy and out of control, I need you. I need to draw close to you in the midst of fear. I need to draw close to you when it seems like this world is going away. As my son said yesterday, his daily prayer is now, Lord, come quickly. See, you don't do that when you're in love with the world or when you're in love with all this other stuff. No, no, you draw close to him. And the closer you get to him, the more time you spend to him, the more your want to changes, the more desire you have for him and that stuff. And every one of us in this room can do this. If you are too busy to spend 10 minutes with your creator who loves you, who has a great plan for your life, I am just telling you, your life is way out of whack and you're just way too busy. Vicki and I do this every morning. Sometimes she's up first, sometimes I'm up first, but it's usually in a short period of time that we're both up. And she's on one end of the couch and I'm on the other end of the couch and we sit there and we spend the first part of our day reading the word of God, praying, talking to God, and in spending time with God, there's something that you have to do. You have to not be too busy. You have to make it intentional. You have to do what the psalmist said. Here's what the psalmist said. He said, be still. Quiet your life down, be still and know. That's that that word know, it's that intimacy. Be still and feel the intimacy of God in your life. And for some of you, these right here are terrifying words because your life is way too busy to be still. When you're still, you feel his presence. When you're still, you know that he is God. Happiness is a choice. Some of you, this is not a big mystery. Your lack of happiness in your life is because of choices that you've made and habits that you have not placed in your life or developed in your life. And you can do all three of these habits every day that will, I'm not saying it will mean you're never unhappy or never th- anything's gonna happen, you're unhappy. no, no, no. But it's how do I sustain happiness? And you do it by doing these three things that 
Paul teaches about today. You need this. I need this. Would you bow your heads with me, whether here or online? And I want us to spend a moment in prayer. In fact, I want us to just be still, just to be still for a moment. Whatever you're thinking about, it'll it'll wait. Just be still for a few moments. For some of you, these three habits are missing in your life. You struggle trying to please God because you still live in legalism and you think the more you do, the more God loves you. And for some of you, you just need to stop today and be still and let the voice of the Holy Spirit remind you that you are loved, period. Some of you struggle because you're not focusing on what matters most. There's so many other things pulling for your attention. Some of you struggle because you are not committed to getting to know Jesus every day. You're not committed to living in intimacy with him every day. So just with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, just in these moments, I wanna spend just a moment in his presence today, being still, just, just relax today, be still for a moment. Let the Holy Spirit show you. He will pinpoint into your life what you need. I challenge you to make this commitment right now. Some of you just, just pray this commitment. God, I need, to relearn, I need to learn to relax in your presence. And it is hard for me because my life is filled with so many things. I always thought that I was never good enough. I was always brought up in a legalistic home or a church and I always felt like I never measured up. Remind me today, right now, in this moment, I don't have to earn your love or approval. You already love me. And you will not love me more or love me less this week based on what I do or don't do. Help me, help me just live in your grace. Some of you may need to pray it this way, Lord, help me to focus every day in my life on the things that matter most. To not believe the lies of this world that more is gonna make me happier or more involvement here is gonna make me happier. That my life will not be consumed with worry and stresses of this world. Help me focus every day on what's important. Help me focus every day on what is eternal. And maybe your desperate need today for some of you is, Lord, just help me get to know you better every day. Starting tomorrow, I'm gonna get up five minutes early. I'm gonna get up 10 minutes early. I'm just gonna start my day with you. And every day I wanna know you a little bit better. There are so many things that, that are out there that can help us even with scripture, devotional time, they just take a few moments. And God, help me, help me. I wanna be intimate with you. I wanna spend time with you. I wanna read your word. I just wanna talk to you. Help me take 10 minutes tomorrow and begin a new chapter. And I'll just say to some of you, maybe in this room or watching today, some of you have never begun a relationship with Christ. You have never received the forgiveness of sin, his grace in your life. But today could be your day. 
This could be for some of you where happiness begins. And just with our heads bowed and eyes closed, here is your prayer. Jesus, I'm asking you to come into my life right now. I don't feel worthy. I don't feel I measure up. But I'm coming to you based on grace. I want to learn to love you. I want to learn to trust you with my life. I want to be still and know that you are God in my life. I want a relationship with you. And if you prayed that prayer today, God heard you today. And whether you're here or watching, what I would ask is uh, that you would just know that what you just did, it means that you are a dearly loved child of God and he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And I would ask you just to take one step today. You're here in this room, you're sitting at home, wherever you are, just one step. And if you prayed that prayer, would you let us know? It may be coming down front after the service today. Just let us know. Maybe writing a note, it may be sending us an email if you're watching, it may be um, a message or something and let us know because we wanna pray for you and we wanna help you on to your next step in your journey. Amen, amen. You love him today? Amen. Would you stand with us? The band's gonna teach us a new song. I think it's a new song. Um, I, like, I, like, I like it all. I like the old stuff, like I like, Oh man, like, I just love it all. I like the old hymns. I like the choruses way back in the, you know, the 1920s when Pastor Sam was growing up that he sings once in a while. Um, I like the new stuff, you know. I love these guys up here. They're teaching me new stuff. Here's the deal. If it's worshiping God, I love it all. And he's gonna get my praise. But would you just listen to the words? Just listen, I, I'm not gonna read all of them to you, but they're gonna sing this song or lead us in a song called I Surrender. And it simply says, here I am, down on my knees again, surrendering all. And find me here, Lord, as you draw near, desperate for you, I surrender. Drench my soul, I love that phrase. Drench my soul as mercy and grace unfold. I hunger and thirst. With arms stretched wide, I know you hear my cry. Speak to me now, I surrender. I wanna know you so much more. Let's worship him today.